0: Welcome to the Star Trek Stuff wrap-up of Season 1. Don't look back in anger. Hello. Hello! How are you? Good. Good, good, good,
1: good, good. We've taken sort of a little break after finishing Season 1, mm-hmm. sort of giving it uh, a little bit of space so that we go back and look at Season 1 with kind of fresh eyes, you know, kind of mm-hmm. just kinda mm-hmm. get a little distance, look back, kind of like when you're listening back to a recording you know you want to take a day or so and then come back and listen with fresh ears oh that's right not everyone else has made a record i'm sorry i live in a strange world (laughs) sorry um i'm not sorry i love it i love
2: it yeah absolutely congratulations that's a hell of a thing
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I made some shit that's good. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of which, though, I'm going to open this up. Uh, I'm thinking about changing up the intro and outro music Mm -hmm. for the next season. Sure. As much as I love it, you know, Motherfucker is just like the fucking best. I got to join my favorite band, and it's just awesome. Mm -hmm. There's other stuff that I've done that I think would be fun to uh, to have. Maybe change it up every season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, sounds great to me. Maybe next season we'll do another band. Uh, that I was in. And I have to pick bands I was in, not because I'm trying to promote myself, just because, like, I know I won't get copyright strikes or anything for that.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It has much more to do with that than anything. <laughs> so, season one. Mm-hmm. We're looking back today at season one.
0: Looks like we made it.
2: Just briefly, because that's really all it deserves. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs>
1: Overall, though, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. go ahead and, I mean, not like word association, just real quick, but what first comes to mind, and then go ahead and expand um, on that for season one of Enterprise for you. What
2: first comes to mind is just um, missed opportunity, writing room, dictatorship, kind of. I feel like the writer's room was just not allowed to be creative. I feel like there was, you know, maybe somebody by the name of Rick and Brannon controlling everything and kind of doing it the way they thought was good, but nobody else thought was good. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it turned in kind, into kind of a, a George Lucas situation where everybody was telling them how great they were, but nobody was giving them any like, honest feedback. Jar is a key to all this. You know, after this season came out, I think there was some honest feedback. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> From people who didn't, whose jobs weren't on the line. You know what I'm saying? When I look at this season and compare it to, you know, first season of Next Generation, which, I don't know if you've ever watched the uh, documentary about that, um, was incredibly tumultuous.
1: Chaos on the Bridge is that, that that's the name of it, that's right? That's the one.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I mean it it was crazy. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was bad shit. It was nuts. If you haven't watched that and you're a Star Trek fan, definitely, especially a, a Next Generation fan, definitely watch that because it's completely insane. And it really explains why season 1 and part of, you know, and season 2 a little bit to a, a lesser extent was so uneven
0: I don't know what More than the
1: when i saw that movie mm-hmm. i kept thinking okay it's 1987 mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. gene roddenberry who is famous for uh indulging in vices,
2: yes, unfortunately yes
1: <laughs> has been given a pile of money mm-hmm. He's in Los Angeles um, how cocaine fueled was. <laughs> Yeah, the first season of TNG.
2: Oh, I'm sure to a great extent, you know, but he wasn't he wasn't really well. It's not like he was like partying the same way he used to. I don't know that he was getting, you know, doing a lot of cocaine. I'm sure a lot of other people were. Um, But, you know, with him, I think I mean, he wasn't like I said, he wasn't a well guy at the time.
1: Yeah, that's true. He
2: was he was getting on in years. So he was, you know, I mean, he may have been drinking a lot. To his detriment, but he might not... I don't know if he was, like, partying quite the way he used to.
1: I'm not drunk, drunk one, and you want to Season one of Enterprise scans as sort of the opposite. Mm-hmm. Somebody way
2: too much in control.
1: Yeah, I think that things should have loosened up on mm-hmm. the back end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, TNG Rewatching the first season of that has a really kind of fun feel much more so than I would have thought revisiting it uh more recently after not having seen it for a long time I'm like you know what a lot of this is kind of kind of bad and and Mm -hmm. and and some of it's it's cringy but it's still fun yeah it still had a sense of fun the way that the original series had yeah and I don't detect that with Not Enterprise. At all.
2: no. Enterprise feels very, um, like I said, dictatorial. Like everybody was like, yes sir, no sir, you know, afraid for their jobs kind of,
1: you know, feel to it. Something feels like, and this is just us watching it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, we've seen as much behind the scenes stuff as we can find. Uh, we've seen... Uh, interviews that we can find and everything like that, it just doesn't sound like... The sort of party atmosphere mm-hmm. that TNG had,
2: plus TNG, uh, and that
1: and DS9 never had a party atmosphere. Right. Like Marina Sirtis used to clown on DS9 uh, at conventions, not as a show. Mm-hmm, like she's, mm-hmm. you know, the show is good. Yeah, but the experience of working on the set, she called it Deep Sleep Nine, right. just because it was like big and dark and quiet, right, all right. the time. You had these, I, I think that you just had more serious action. And, yeah. Rene Auberjonois, who oh, was very yeah. like, what about the craft? Yeah. You know, he's one, <laughs> one of these guys. and
2: Especially um, Avery Brooks. I mean, that dude mm-hmm. was a serious, is and was a serious motherfucker. You know? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You betrayed your unicorn. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, something about Enterprise, it just didn't have quite the, the sense chemistry. of like... The chemistry
2: just wasn't there. Like I mean, the Mm -hmm. the the next Mm -hmm. generation, they were doing something brand new. They were, um, you know, when you hear them talk about like how it was to be on set and everything, like they were living in these terrible trailers. There was terrible food. Like it was a really cheap, bare bones kind of set, and they got along so well. Like they're them as a cast, just gelled, and they're still friends to this day.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: That's just not the feeling you get out of Enterprise. You know, they were coming into something that, you know, had already been very, very established. They didn't know it, obviously. They were at the tail end of, like, the sort of golden era of, you know, TNG, D-Space Nine, and Voyager. There are some differences here. It, It just didn't, I don't think it gelled quite as Easily as everything as the others,
1: there was a sense on TNG where uh, they were like, Yeah, I look, I don't know if this is going to work at all mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there had been the original series, there were uh, a couple of movies, yep, and so they were trying this, you know, the, the new the Save by the Bell, the new class thing, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, Patrick Stewart, uh, if I recall correctly, told his agent, uh, They want me to sign a seven. Uh, a season deal and his agent was like it'll never last that long go ahead who gives a shit
2: exactly yeah yeah
1: they just Mm -hmm. didn't think that it would really kick the way that that it did yeah and then you had deep space nine and voyager kind of coming into okay this thing is like solid now like they Mm -hmm. know what they're Mm -hmm. doing and then there's this break Mm -hmm. voyager was not quite the couple of series before it. Like, I'm not really knocking it. I'm rewatching no. Voyager now, and mm-hmm. it has some good mm-hmm. episodes. It has so you- some good
2: episodes, yeah. And again, again, you have the overarching control of, like, one or two people, that kind of, like, overseer that's kind of wanting to control everything.
0: We offered the world order.
2: You had more input from writers and producers um that was more heard and seen you know even from actors on deep space nine and tng um you just don't that's get very that. true mm-hmm.
1: they wanted to do stuff like okay well we're gonna have kira um have like a, a romance with uh, a Cardassian or something Gold Dukat. oh Yeah, and Nana Visitor was like, that's not fucking happening. Fuck, no. That doesn't make any sense. No. Fuck that. And they were Mm -hmm. like, all right, fuck it. Yeah. You know, and they dropped it.
2: Thank God. Thank God. Oh, oh. that would
1: have been bad. Believe me, not good. The actors just had input, whereas a few years go by, and people are wondering, well, can there be another Star Trek series? Mm -hmm. Would another one work? And so... They came up with the idea for Enterprise and it being a prequel, and they were able to sell that to Paramount, and Paramount was like, all right, well, all right, shit, all right, let's make it work. And at first, when I
2: heard the idea originally, I was like, cool, what a cool idea, you know, and I'm thinking like, you know, that things were going to be, you know, pre the original series, and like how interesting that would be, and the way they took it just was like, Ew.
0: <laughs> you know, that's
2: basically the reaction. So, I mean, and and like I said, there there was a lot of good input from um, season for season two, and it does. There are a lot more good episodes in season two. Like the the quality level does go up. There's a little more exploration and a little more um, variety of ideas. And oh, good creativity.
1: Okay, good.
2: And and a little more character development. Um, you know, not necessarily the way we want it to be because you know they never really get into Hoshi and and um Milk Toast, but you know they do a little bit, little bit better. You know, it, it does get better. Um, never gets great, <laughs> but <laughs> we wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> we wouldn't be doing this podcast if it ever got great. Um. <laughs> So
1: <laughs> Oh God, that sucks. Okay. So, <laughs> Cause I don't because I, I don't remember for n- newer listeners, people who are coming in on this episode, which is a terrible idea. Yeah. You, you really need to go oh, back no, to the yeah, beginning. Yeah, exactly. This is one of those few shows where you should go back to the beginning. But um yeah, okay. Well, that's pretty disappointing. I've heard a lot of people say that things really pick up uh, towards the end of season two and uh-huh. through season three. Uh-huh. And honestly, it's okay until the disastrous ending, which I do remember the ending.
2: How could you not? If you saw it at any point, you you would remain. <laughs> it's like, oh, God.
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember just like sort of, jaw, it was a jaw on the floor moment mm-hmm. uh, with the ending, but... Uh, Mm. I'm hoping that on the rewatch I will not feel the same way, but I do remember that over anything else from this show. One thing that I noticed uh, while watching sort of the the behind-the-scenes stuff Mm -hmm. for Enterprise, I was able to find a lot of that online and everything, Mm -hmm. things that were on the DVD special features and, and this sort of thing, was everyone's universal praise for Scott Bakula and his... Uh, behind the scenes slash on the set leadership
2: that's awesome
1: and uh especially jolene blaylock Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which i you know didn't know what she would think i was i'm so curious to know what her experiences were like just given how ridiculously objectified her Character was how mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, she. They were like, okay, well, wear this skin tight uh, cat suit <laughs> all the time for I don't know reasons. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna sort of try and pair you up with Archer, and uh, that didn't work. Well, yeah. whatever. All right, so maybe we're edging towards this this trip thing or something. But you're a pretty lady, so we gotta. Hook you up with one of these studly guys. Because this is a fantasy that men wrote.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly, (laughs)
2: exactly. Well, I mean, I'm glad to hear that because the thing about it is she is the standout character. She's the standout character, whether they intended her to be or not, because she herself did such a fantastic acting job. You like me. Right now, you like me. Every like every episode, she was right. You know, like like I don't and the funny thing about it is, is like, I don't know if that's was a subconscious thing or somehow they wrote it that way and didn't even realize it. Because on the one hand, they objectify her and objectify her and god you know and they talk about her butt and like i mean it's just like jesus christ but then at the end of the day when you look back on everything that you know she said and did she was always right
1: there's a reason i've been using the boondocks drops for her Mm -hmm. huey saying i'm not a prophet yeah yeah (laughs) because uh on the old uh boondocks cartoon Huey would say, okay, um, here's how it is, and here's how this is going to play out. Right, right. And then Archer and Trip, who are granddad and Riley, right. <laughs> respective to the boon talks, yeah. would, would just be like, shut up, we're going to do what we want, exactly. and then destroy everything and screw it up.
2: Or, or in the paradigm that has started cracking me up, the whole like Ron, uh, Harry, and Hermione thing. You know, like Hermione going, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. And they're like, we're going to do it. You know?
0: So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, they clearly wanted to, and they said this in some of the behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. They wanted to recreate Kirk, Spock, Bones. and McCoy. Yeah. 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 And uh, Jolene Blaylock was a big fan of the original series. Nice. But never watched the other stuff.
2: Oh, interesting.
1: So Spock was a favorite character of hers. So her only template for a Vulcan was Leonard Nimoy's Spock. Nice. And I think that that shows, don't you?
2: Oh, yeah, I agree. Definitely.
0: You may find that having is not so pleasing a thing, after all, as wanting. Just because they smile and eat chicken doesn't mean they've learned to master
2: their emotions.
1: Kiersey Alley has been embarrassing herself on Twitter every once in a while. (laughs) Jesus. And I keep getting reminded of what a god-awful Vulcan she was in Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Wrath of Khan is such a kick-ass movie that uh, everyone forgets how god-awful she was in that film. Yeah. And then she was replaced in the third and then a bit part of the fourth one mm-hmm. by uh, Robin Curtis, mm-hmm. I think
2: is her name. Mm-hmm. I think that's right, yeah.
1: I really, really wish that Robin Curtis had been Savick in oh, God, Wrath yeah. of Khan. Yeah, definitely. So much so that I saw something really stupid that Kirstie Alley said recently, and I just thought, like, I mean, how hard would it be, really, you know, when you've got Paramount money to just, like, digitally replace... A CG version of 1980s Robin <laughs> Curtis as Savick on top of Kirstie Alley. I can't. I
2: just can't see them doing that <laughs> realistically. Oh, of I mean, course not. On. They wouldn't
1: actually do it. But like, how amazing uh, would that be? It would be a pretty amazing. Be, I, you know what? I would take that over all these shitty remakes and reboots oh, that I Hollywood know. keeps putting out. Is just be like, well. Remember how so-and-so was really awful in that movie? We replaced them with a better actor and then released that in theaters. <laughs> I'm sure somebody could probably do it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see that. We should create a uh, a crowdfund yeah. thing for digital artists to pay them <laughs> to recreate Wrath of Khan, but just taking out Kirstie Alley and making a CG Robin Curtis. Right. That would be the absolute shit. Right,
2: that is wise here's my my take on the first season um very succinctly as as much as i can um their whole goal was sort of to show you know mankind's first like foray into deep space and all the things that might happen they succeeded in the plot lines like the basic they encounter a species that gets tucker pregnant seems
0: 2 did a little more than repair work
2: taken hostages, hostage by the Andorians, and, it, you know, there's there's these very, like, fish-out-of-water kind of stories, but they're so far um, down the that-would-never-happen hole. It's so unbelievable in every case.
1: Okay. I was kind of thinking the opposite, because... Really? It, it, in a way, maybe.
2: Not every time. I think it was the fourth episode where they're, like, go to an alien world, and they're they get um, the pollen spores, you know, cause them to have bad trips and everything. That's kind of, that's pretty like I can see that happening.
1: It's straight out of TOS as well. Yeah, totally. There'll be no evacuation, Jim,
0: but perhaps we should go back and get you straightened out.
1: See, for me, I keep thinking about that one episode where these weird, speechless aliens show up mm-hmm. clearly just studying the Enterprise or something.
2: Absolutely, that's definitely an example of, of that. Yeah, totally believable.
1: And there's a lot in early TNG where they weigh it into a situation, and then they just realize they are ludicrously out of their depth. Right. Right. It, that never ever happens in DS Nine. I, I want to point out. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I can't think of a single instance where that happens in DS Nine. But you would think that that would be the most common thing that would happen to humanity's first Warp 5 ship Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as it forays into space. is just running into shit and going, uh, 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 and then it turns into a giant jellyfish (laughs) and then (laughs) flies away. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like, like Like in TNG, this kind of thing. And there's very, very little of that. It's, okay, we found these people. Mm -hmm. They're just like us. Oh, look, we found these people. They're just like us. They're just like us.
2: I guess what I mean is if this was happening to, like, modern-day NASA, I feel like there would be a lot more rules involved. You know, like, you don't contact an alien species until you've had some kind of, like, I just feel like there would be a lot more rules involved. This feels like so just freewheeling and just like, we're gonna do whatever, you know, like it just seems hard to, hard to believe that they wouldn't have some kind of, you know, a little bit more of a strict um, idea of what they, they can and can't do. Regulations be damned.
1: Uh, I I gotta say I I take the complete opposite on that. Uh, this this would be the time where they're just like, man, I don't know, go see shit.
2: <laughs> well, they do have admiral, you know, pushover, let like doing whatever yeah. the fuck you want. You know, it's okay. Whatever. I mean, you know, you there might be consequences now, but it's okay. Go ahead and do what you want.
0: You know. like... <laughs>
1: Oh I do I do kind of like the idea of the meh boss, right. like, just going, uh, I don't know, like, I'm like the only guy here at Starfleet, man, there's like, I don't know, a couple other people here in the office, they just, fuck, I, I don't know, don't Debbie kill De- anybody. Debbie, do you think they should go do that? She says, yeah. <laughs> Debbie says it's cool. <laughs> I don't, fuck, fuck it, man, I don't know, just let me know how it goes. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. Uh, <laughs> I, to, to me, it makes perfect sense that there's like no rules, right? Um, right. And they can just do whatever they, whatever the fuck they want and meet mm. whoever they want.
2: Oh, plot-wise, it's absolutely necessary. I guess I was just looking for a little bit more of a guarded approach, more of a science approach, and this was all action hero.
1: But that's the tension between. Archer and slash the whole crew yeah. and to Paul, right? And to Paul, that whole thing where to Paul's like, no, 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 be more careful, and they're like, but I am the white man, and I must thrust. exactly,
2: exactly, <laughs> and and that's purely that Rick Berman, Brandon Braga, like we want a heroic lead white guy thing, you know. So I mean, it it makes sense that that's how they ended up there. It's just me like backseat driving. You know, kind of going, oh, I wish I could talk about that more.
0: Indulge yourself.
2: I was listening to one of our episodes uh, not too long ago, and they were talking about, we were talking about how um, it was the scene with the uh, the trader who gave them the, the blue spice, and they were both, you know, everybody was like, oh, God, that was really hot, you know, and um, T'Pol didn't need her courage tested by tasting this spicy spice. Oh, yeah. And they never asked him about, like, all of the other cultures he'd come in contact with. They talked they, Because all they wanted was more spare parts for their ship. You know, and, and so that's the kind of stuff I was like hoping a l- just a little bit more of. Just a little bit more of like alien cultures and, you know, how do they deal with this really strange culture and, you know, and stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of what I was hoping for and missing.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a chance to do a whole ton of uh, world building.
2: Yes, yes. I, that's what I was, world building, yeah.
1: The foundation for the Federation mm-hmm. is what we were looking for. And yeah. it just kind of became like, nah, nah, we're just going to like...
2: Adventure!
1: Alien of the week and then mm-hmm. just, just move on. Yeah, um, I I would imagine that at this point in Star Trek history, we'd be dealing with a whole lot more of that diplomacy and world building.
2: Right, right,
1: and exactly they're just like nah, nah, cowboy shit, cowboy yes. shit, yes. Uh, all the time. Yes. cowboy shit's just going to be great.
2: Yes, that's that's exactly what I was trying to say. Not very succinctly.
0: <laughs> sounds to me like you're trying to manipulate the future. Every choice we make allows us to manipulate the future.
1: What were some standouts? Like, you know, what this was fucking cool. What What were your standout episodes uh, within season one?
2: Certainly the um, the silent enemy episode. Love that episode. I think that's mm-hmm. really interesting. Other than the whole I like pineapple thing, I don't care about that. Fucking read, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I
1: mean, how do you go from like an A plot instead of having a a B plot? It was like a f-minus plot yeah exactly (laughs) that was so shitty so dumb that was but i i agree with you that a story in that was Was so cool very so mysterious and like you're left with that like oh fuck like yeah we are seriously wading into some waters and we don't know Mm -hmm. what's underneath us
2: exactly or who could be right around the corner
1: The cast and crew really loved Shuttlepod 1. Yes. They felt like Shuttlepod 1 was just the best fucking thing that they did. And they just were so, so proud of it. And what's funny about that is that it was written literally to just save money. (laughs) <laughs> like they were, <laughs> they were just like, okay, well, let's do one where it's just a bottle and it's two guys stuck in uh, in a cave. Right. They're in a bottle. It's a bottle. It's a bottle. That's what it means. Yeah. Um, but it ended up being actually pretty good.
2: Yeah, I think that's one of my other favorites of the of the first season.
1: That was good. Um, Shockwave, I think, was good. I like the way that it ended the season mm. on a cliffhanger. That was yeah. pretty cool.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: There's a lot of good ideas, like in Breaking the Ice, where they land on a comet and make a snowman on it. Yeah. Like I don't know, yeah. that's kind of funny. Like that's kind of right. That seemed realistic-ish to me. That they yeah. kind of fuck mm-hmm. around, and the Vulcans are like, "Why are you f- fucking around?" And they're, and they're like, "Your people are ridiculous." Quite fucking around, <laughs> you know. Like <laughs> I
2: think that's that's pretty good. The ideas were always good what you had was Rick Berman on top of everything. Yeah. And I just don't think, I I just still feel like, and I could be wrong about this, but I just feel like he was there going, no, I don't like that. Do different.
1: Mm. I don't like that. Yeah.
0: Support the show by signing up at patreon.com slash star trek stuff or leave a tip at paypal.me slash star trek stuff. Let's keep the show ad-free. Except these. They don't count.
1: The Andorian incident was cool because it sort of messed with the idea that the Vulcans are not quite as high-minded and quite as morally incorruptible. as Yeah, as we, we've
2: been led to believe. It definitely knocked them off the moral high horse.
1: And it did a good job of that, and it was so undermined mm-hmm. by the Vulcan's activities previously, especially the first episode. Yes, when we have a Vulcan just going like, "Humans are dumb!" Like he just the the, the <laughs> his performance is awful. Yeah, no consideration whatsoever for what Vulcans are supposed to act like or anything like that. He's just right yelling. And yep. blatantly angry, yeah. Did not do the homework at all about mm-hmm. how Vulcans act. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking about how much better the Andorian incident twist at the end would have been if the Vulcans had acted like Vulcans before that.
2: Yes, some of that could be directing some of that could be story writing it depends on it it's so hard to say like i mean there's no way of us going back and being like why why did it do that you know but like i it that very much easily could have been partially directing too and not just writing
1: i also want to just do sort of a love hate mostly love i think mostly love <laughs> uh-huh with the episode unexpected right because it led to so many florida man jokes one <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> but also um a show like this is so great when actors have good chemistry. Yes. And so when you had Trip and his alien baby mama hanging out and they hit it off and she knocks him up, the whole bit it it works. Like it that's the thing that's so crazy is that it it's like it was written as a joke. Like it was like, oh, what yeah. if what if Trip gets preggers? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, right. It's such like a a goofball uh, premise, right? In a of its time sort of way. You know, I don't yeah, want to.
2: But the actors managed to pull it off and have a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's just real mm. chemistry there. And God, there's just nothing better than a good guest star that can mm-hmm. come in. And, and even when the guest star. Is kind of hammy and stuff like that, and and living it up. You're talking about Desert Crossing. Desert Crossing, yeah, like in yeah. Desert Crossing, where we get uh, Clancy Brown, uh, Mr. Krabs, and a million other <laughs> great voices uh, shows up, and he's just like, oh, I am this guy, right, blah blah blah. Right, 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 but it's fun. It's yeah, fun. It's super fun. So uh, the the show <laughs> is at its best, I think, when you've got chemistry from mm-hmm. the actors mm-hmm. uh and you have a sense of fun with yes. what's going on because yeah. my god it is uh, to, to go back to like the first thing that you said mm. it's the first season of a sci-fi show
2: yeah. right right
1: have fun with it yeah
2: yeah <laughs> yeah because because it, inevitably it's going to not be as good as the next seasons i mean that's just that's just there i can't think of a the only show, sci-fi show that I thought was good in the first season was like *The Expanse*, and that's really, really unusual.
1: Oh yeah, *The Expanse* just steady good from yeah scene one to whenever it ends. Yeah. It's it's still going on as we as we record.
0: How are you feeling?
2: I fucking hate space.
1: Yeah, that aside, it's just kind of rare that in the first season of any sci-fi show. The effects look good. The actors Mm. have their kind of rhythm and chemistry sort of in place. Right. That's just almost never the case. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Relax. It's (laughs) season one of a sci-fi show. (laughs) Your show is expensive as fuck. You're probably about to get canceled. Right. Because that's what networks do to science fiction. Uh (laughs) They're like, wait, uh it costs how much? Right, per episode? And it's just like, for nerds? What? Yeah, get this. (laughs)
2: Exactly. Get this fucking yep. shit out of here. Uh, speaking of, um, you know, sci-fi shows that are destroyed after the first season. Um, I don't know if you remember me talking about debris. Yeah, yeah. Cancelled. Yep. On ended on a cliffhanger. They canceled it.
1: Brutal. <sighs> now I don't want to start it. Now I don't want to really because if it's going to end on a cliffhanger and then canceled, it's like, well, I don't want to start it.
0: I know.
2: So, if you were looking at it just from this season, not look, not knowing what the future holds, you know, which is hard to do because, you know, I'm expecting you to change your own memory, but um, what at this point is, who who at this point is your favorite character?
1: Well, that, that, that's, that's not hard at all because I don't remember season two. I have very vague oh, memories of the show overall. I only very clearly remembered... A couple of things going into this, which was the theme song. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And then the last episode. Right. So the two worst things about the show were what stayed in my mind about it. Yeah. A favorite character has to be to Paul. Mm-hmm. I think far and away it's to Paul. Yeah. Uh, Jolene Blaylock's performance is excellent. It is very Spock reminiscent. Yeah. It has to be top three uh, Vulcans ever portrayed. Or Yeah. Because uh, it's a toss. I mean, y- y- Leonard Nimoy, of course, created the template. So that's right. kind of a given that he's going mm-hmm. to be, uh, you know, at the very, very top of that. I think Tim Russ as Tuvok is an exceptional oh, yeah. Vulcan. Just very much the stoic... Uh, idealized Vulcan. Mm-hmm. Mark Leonard. Sarek. Yeah, yeah. incredible. Excellent performance, because he had a way of subtly communicating that he was experiencing emotions, you know, but he he just, yeah, I, I think Mark Leonard is way, way up there. He was f- uh, f- fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, Robin Curtis, we mentioned earlier, as the second SAVIC. Not Very much not Christy Alley. Very <laughs> much not Kim Cattrall. Good God, she's horrible. Oh, God,
2: that was so bad. Jesus Christ. Like, why did they cast her? Seriously, that was so weird.
1: I remember thinking, okay, I I, I shouldn't hate on Kim Cattrall because all that I really have seen her do a lot on is Sex in the City. And I'd seen a bunch yeah. of Sex in the City episodes. And, like, she's she was deeply terrible on that show. Just uh, hammy and over the top and just absolutely horrible, yeah. right? And yeah. then I saw Big Trouble in Little China. And I was like, oh. Super hammy, crazy. She's so bad. She's so bad. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. she was just always bad. She's just a mm. bad actor. Yeah. And then I had kind of forgotten how bad she was on Star Trek Six.
2: Yeah. That whole movie was
1: bizarre in so many ways. Good movie, though. like. The two best, two of the best, you know, people disagree, completely reasonable people will disagree uh, on what the best uh, TOS Trek movies are, but often the second and sixth movies come up. Yeah. They also had the worst Vulcans, other than Spock, of course. Kirsi Alley, fucking terrible. Absolute yep. disaster, and then Kim, Kim Cattrall, even worse, <laughs> even worse, uh-huh. like so much worse. Yeah. But I have to rank Jolene Blaylock right up there. Oh, absolutely. With uh, Tim Russ, Mark Leonard, mm-hmm. and Leonard Nimoy. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I'd say
1: top four Vulcans. Th- those, it's those four for yeah. sure. She's phenomenal. She is, um,
2: and the character's great too. You know, other yeah. than the other than the sexual, you know, objectivism. Um, she's fantastic as a character, but that's not that's not part of her character. That's how other characters talk about her. It's not her fault.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that's how the the show is. Just like, all right, well, strip her down and show her in blue lights and have yeah. trip rubber down.
2: Exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think if there is one more, even one more character that I'm curious to see develop. And honestly, I I really like Flocks. Oh, I love Flocks. I don't know if we're going to see him develop or expand. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he seems pretty well established as a as a being, mm-hmm. as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems to know who he is and what's going on with him. So I don't know what to look for in terms of character development with someone like that, even though they're likable. They're one of the only other Outright likable people on the ship.
2: Yeah, he's so fully formed already. Where's he going to go? Yeah, yeah. Um, I do, I, I'm i happy with the minimal amount they've given Hoshi. Um, she started out as such a scaredy cat, Hoshi don't space. Um, but the problem is they didn't develop in a really interesting way. By the end of the last episode, when she's got any screen time at all she has no literally no expression on her face yeah they just pointed the camera at her and like didn't tell her to do anything (laughs) you know
0: like audiobooks hate nazis listen to the holocaust saviors by ryan jenkins on audible narrated by adam hear the true stories of covert heroism during humanity's darkest hour that's The Holocaust Saviors by Ryan Jenkins on Audible.
1: The only couple of times where she's been given some real screen time, it was just, look how bad Hoshi is at this. Yeah. And yeah. then, oh, Hoshi's oh, on vacation. What's she going to do? Oh, her job more, but also like get laid by Dracula. And yeah. th- that's it. She's <laughs> yeah. language person. Yep. That's it. Yep. So uh, I don't care that much. She's like a very underused X-Man. You know. The underused X-Men. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) We had to have an Asian character, so
1: here she is. Whatever. There is just still something odd about having a... Korean actress playing a Japanese character.
2: Oh, they did it to ha- Harry Kim.
0: And I'm still an ensign.
2: Garrett Wang was is Korean, but the showrunners and the show writers and everything would like tell him to say like Chinese things, and he didn't. He was like, you know, I'm Korean, right? And they just were like, whatever. Yikes! There was an episode where he um, says, "Oh, there's an ancient Chinese curse. You know, may you live in interesting times." You know, something like that, and he and I heard him on, I believe it was the the podcast that him and Robert Duncan Duncan McNeil do, and you know he he approached someone as like and the one of the writers and was
1: like, you know, I'm not Chinese, and they were like, whatever. Yeah, that's not cool. So, are you Chinese or Japanese? It's like, okay, well, the character's name is Hoshi Sato, and we have a Korean actress, so. The whatever. character's name is Hoshi Sato. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, whatever, we got a pretty Asian lady who gives a shit. Exactly, like, yeah. That's what it feels like, and it's like, man, that ain't right, man. That It no. just, yeah, that feels wrong. Every character except for Tapal seems like they're not going anywhere. It, they're just
2: not trying, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't get the impression that any of these characters are on any kind of personal journey mm-hmm. as they go through the space journey mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. what makes the show really interesting you know what i mean that's 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 what makes these things really interesting that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm not looking forward to anything other than finding out what happens with to paul mm-hmm. or um uh, shran i want to see shran come back <laughs> yeah yep. i'm pretty sure he does because I think, if I remember right, Susie Plaxon, who was Worf's baby mama who mm-hmm. was awesome yes. on TNG, I think she comes back as an Andorian. Am I right?
2: Yes okay yep. yeah
1: yep. yeah I think she So, which means a Shran thing so yeah so that I'm looking forward to I want to see more Shran you're not using your head skin. other than okay I want to see uh, what's his name that plays Admiral Forrest and a few other characters right <laughs> I want to see him come back as more aliens <laughs> like, like he was the yep. don't eat in front of me alien and right. he was a, a Klingon and stuff like yeah, that was yeah. cool I'd like to see more of that I'd like to see uh, Dean Stock well maybe come back as a different alien or just dean stockwell come back as the same alien but like maybe he's like a villain he's a recurring villain that'd be really cool actually (laughs) the the fascist um well if they had like just like a little like dick on their forehead or something i don't remember yes Yes. they had like a floppy dick on their on their forehead and that was it uh, but that'd be cool to see him but like there's no one on enterprise that i'm like man what happens with what happens with reed I just, I don't give a shit at this point.
2: Exactly, exactly. I I want to, but I just don't. We'll be here to watch season two for you, so (laughs) we can do it. (laughs) We'll let you know. This Um, is a
1: service we provide to humanity, (laughs) and therefore we should get money. Go to paypal.com forward slash... Star Trek Stuff and uh, send us a couple of bucks or or our Patreon patreon.com forward slash Star Trek Stuff and become a Porthos Petter
0: we are and hope to remain listener supported if you are an enterprising fan we'll advertise your small business tell us about your plucky dream in an email to we are Star Trek Stuff at gmail.com to get started
1: I don't know. You, you got anything else?
2: That's it. Um, I'm looking forward to, to reviewing season two. Um, like I said, there's, you know, it gets more interesting. I can't say it gets great, but it gets a <laughs> little better. You know, I mean.
1: It's going to be a long road. Oh, God, don't start with me. Getting from there to nope. Stop. the horrific yep. ending. <laughs> I started yep. doing that, like, when I'm watching TNG, and they're like, Oh, this thing, and then we go bump, 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 and it goes to the intro, and then yeah. you see like the planets, and 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 it goes, <laughs> you know, and everything, and it's starting. It's it's completely awesome intro, and then I just start going, <laughs> 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 and my wife throws things at me. Yes, as she should. Yeah, and the dog starts howling. It's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. Uh, oh um, well, Porthos, I do want to see more, more Porthos. Porthos, more Porthos. I want every, I want Porthos in every fucking episode of this thing.
2: <laughs> um, if you don't mind, I'm going to make a Star Trek recommendation.
1: Go for it. This is a weird episode. Let's do yeah. it. Um,
2: I have been listening to now. This is only for well, not only for but for fans of the original series. Um, Because a lot of the references you're just not going to get unless you watch that. Um, It's called The Ensign's Log. Um, It's a podcast. It's a creative, like, fictional podcast. So you're listening to a story. Um, But it's these two ensigns on the Starship Enterprise, the original series. And they kind of, like, everything that happens in in each episode is kind of happening around them. And they kind of have their own storyline going on, but it's extremely funny and very creative. And I, I just, you know, like I said, if you're a big fan of the original series, it's really hilarious. So I, I, def- I definitely recommend that.
1: I just thought of the geekiest Reference. What's that? Go for it. To describe this. (laughs) So, this show is Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are ensigns.
2: Yes, it is. That's exactly what it is. Yes.
1: Yes.
0: You're here to learn about the human condition, and there is no better way of doing that than by embracing Shakespeare.
1: My recommendation. See now I want to do a Trek recommendation, right? Because this is a Why weird not? episode, but yeah. Well, because I found the best fucking show. I am in love with this show, and I want to tell the world. Go for it. Uh, it's on Peacock, so uh, I don't know. It's probably on. It's probably in the. It's in the UK, but mm-hmm. it's also on Peacock here in the states. Yeah. And I know that we do have uh, a lot of UK listeners. It go for us. It goes US, UK, Australia in terms mm-hmm. of listenership. So, wherever you can find this, yeah. it's called We Are Lady Parts. Yes. And it is phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. uh, a show about these young Muslim women in London that start a punk band. Yes. And it's so fucking awesome. Like, it's just, it's my favorite thing right now. I cannot get enough of it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, We Are Lady Parts is my... I just, I love it. I cannot get enough of it. I'll watch an episode and I'll just sit there a bit. Because I like to draw it out. I don't like to mainline a bunch of episodes because then it <laughs> I just, I don't retain it. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. like me and my wife both are just completely in love with this show. It's so right. funny and so kick ass. Nice. And, and real and heartfelt and 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 also kind of wacky kind of screwballs. Uh-huh. So yeah, 100%. We are Lady Parts. Just the fucking best show right now.
2: Awesome. We will talk at you for Shockwave Part
1: 2 very soon. Really stoked about that. I do love the way that the season ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And um, little nerdy uh, time spy guy uh, Daniels Daniels. is in his uh, Matrix-looking ropey suit (laughs) thing. And they're just like, we're so fucked.
2: Which I forgot to mention when i rewatched that episode and and i'm i pre-watched shockwave um, part 2 the um the the boom mic kind of picks up on him squeaking a little bit <laughs> 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 it's really kind of awesome <laughs> oh that's killer like his outfit's like
1: <laughs>
2: it's
1: just in part 2
2: I think, yeah, mainly in part two, yeah. <laughs> so keep an ear out for the... I'm
1: going to have to watch it with headphones on or something yes, yes. To, uh, to be able to, to pick that up. So yep. that sounds great. I'm, I'm stoked for, for season two. I'm, yep. I'm optimistic. I, uh, yeah. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> season two. It's going to be great. Awesome. Uh, all right. I'm done. Live long and prosper.
2: Live long and prosper, y'all.
1: Bye. Bye.